Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for February 14th, 2023. Now, today is Valentine's Day. I'm not really going to be talking about Valentine's Day. I'm going to talk about the miracles of Jesus. But let me just slide this in for Valentine's Day real quick. Isabella and I have an amazing marriage. I love Isabella. Isabella loves me. I, we're blessed. What Marriage is such a blessing. A godly marriage is such a blessing. And so we eat all the time. We go to restaurants all the time. We celebrate each other all the time. Uh, but I still... When I'm, I still made time because Isabella has to teach Bible study tonight. We did our Valentine's Day meal on Sunday right before the Super Bowl. And, um, and Isabella's like, ah, we don't have to go out, which we didn't, but we did it anyway. Why? Because, listen, you should, let me just slide this in for free before I get into the message. You should never take your marriage for granted. You should never, like, like you want to prioritize that thing. You want to make sure that, you, that your spouse knows that you love them. You're, some, you're, you're seeking ways to be a blessing to your, to your spouse, and your spouse should be seeking ways to be a blessing to you on a daily basis. If you're just going out of your way to be a blessing to them, and they're going out of their way to be a blessing to you, you guys will have a great marriage. All right. All right. Now let me get into the word. So we're dealing with the miracles of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus. This is part 27 of the series. I'm going to talk today about raising a widow's son from the dead. This is going to be so good, y'all. Raising a widow's son from the dead. The title of today's message is when God intercedes for you. <laughs> when God intercedes for you, put this in the chat. Say, I serve a God who intercedes for me. I serve a God who will stand in the gap for me. Get ready to receive the word. we're going to talk about a God who stands in the gap, a God who intercedes for us. So as we're getting ready uh, for the word this morning, before we do, let me, let me share with you Psalms 126 and verse four. This is something I told you. I'm just going to get this down in your heart on a regular basis. I'll share it as many times as the Lord wants me to share it. This is a scripture that we are meditating on at our church all year long. Psalms 126 and verse four. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the form of glory. Whatever we lost over the last few years, whatever whatever uh, praise we lost, whatever spring we lost, God is going to restore us to the form of glory. May streams of refreshing flow over us until every dry area, uh, every dry heart is drenched again. Put this in the chat. Say, no dry areas for me. What we don't want is any dry areas. We want our hearts, I'm talking about a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, a fresh fire, a fresh wind, a fresh anointing. Glory to God. Put in the chat, say fresh. God, make me fresh. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. You got it? Let's get into the miracle. Luke chapter 7. I'm going to read for you verses 11 through 17. I love the word of God, y'all. Let's do it. This is what the Bible says. The next day, Jesus and his followers went to a town called Nain. A big crowd was traveling with them. When Jesus came near the town gate, he saw some people were carrying a dead body in a casket. It was the only son of a woman who was a widow. Walking with her were many people from the town. When the Lord saw the woman, he felt sorry for her and said, don't cry. He walked over to the open coffin and touched it. 
and the men who were carrying the coffin stopped. And Jesus spoke to the dead son and said, young man, I tell you, get up. Then the boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave the boy back to his mother. Everyone was filled with fear. Then they began to praise God and say, a great prophet is here with us. And God is taking care of his people. This news about Jesus spread all over Judea to all of the other places that were around. So let me set the stage before I get into the points for this morning. Let me make sure you understand the significance of what's happening in this story. And so in Luke chapter seven, here we have Jesus traveling with his team, with his disciples and a crowd was following and a large crowd is there. And as they're entering into this town of Nain, right by the gate, Jesus came in contact with a funeral procession. And the young man who was dead was the son of a widow. And so now that's a problem. So this was the mother's only son. And to make a bad situation worse, she was a widow. This left her sonless and husbandless. Now that was a bad situation. Uh, back then. Part of me being a Bible teacher, part of my job is to explain to you the context of what these things meant back then so you can better understand what they mean for us today, right? So under the Judaic law, read Deuteronomy uh, chapter 25 verses 5 and 6. This was a bad situation for the woman. Under the Judaic law, if a woman's husband died, then she would be left to live with her children, in most cases, grown sons. But if a woman's husband died and she didn't have any sons, grown sons, then that meant that she had to marry her brother-in-law, <laughs> right? I mean, like this is this is Judaic law. So, so think about that. So think about <laughs> those of you that are married right now, just, just for a moment, ladies, think about your brother-in-law. And think about like, what if the law said that if your husband died, you have to marry that joke? Like you, woo, like some of y'all would like it, some of y'all would not. All right. So anyway, weird concept. So anyway, the woman would have to marry her brother-in-law. Now, in, in the text, it doesn't say anything about her having brother-in-laws. It doesn't say anything about her husband's brothers. So this basically the context is she doesn't have any brother-in-law. She doesn't have a son. She doesn't have a husband. So now her husband is dead and basically she's left to live her life on her own. That's a problem though, because in that society, the society where she lived, it was a male driven society. And so women didn't have public interactions with men who were not their husbands or family members. So that's a problem. And so now, you know, think about this woman for a minute. This woman was on her own in this environment. Her husband had died. She already had had to kind of take the time to process the fact that her husband was gone. And she had to take the time to get comfortable with living with her grown son. And now that she's living with her son and she's finally comfortable with living with her son and her son has, is her source of stability and strength in this male-driven society, her son is her public face to society because a lot of what she had to do, she had to do through a man. That's the way that this society was, was set up. So her son was somewhat like her source of sanity. And now her son is dead. So now both men in her life were gone. Husband gone, 
son, gone. She's walking. The community is there to support her. But she's like, in a few minutes after the funeral, y'all going to be gone. And I'm going to be left to deal with the situation by myself for the rest of my life. And she was there and she was crying and she was hurting and she was in pain. And Jesus walks up and Jesus sees the funeral and walks up to her and says, don't cry. But how could she not cry? And she goes, she's crying and she's in pain and she's hurting and she doesn't pray and she doesn't talk to Jesus and she doesn't make a declaration of faith and that she doesn't believe. She doesn't fall at his feet. She doesn't do anything. All she does is cry. And Jesus says, oh man, he's moved with compassion. And he's like, oh, I'm hurting because you're hurting. Let me stand in the gap for you, lady. He touches the thing and says, hey boy, I need you to get up. And the boy popped up just like that. He interceded for her. Oh my God. Think about that. This is an amazing miracle. So what does this mean for you today? What does this mean for you today? Put it in the chat. Say, God loves me. Say, God loves me so much. God is a God of compassion. All right. What does this mean for you today? A few things. Right, here's, here's number one. Our God is a God of compassion. Our God is a God of compassion. So unlike most of the miracles of Jesus, most of the miracles of Jesus that we've been studying, that I'm showing you, miracle after miracle after miracle, most of the miracles of Jesus, in the miracle, Jesus says something to the effect, your faith has made you whole, or something to the effect, be it unto thee according to your faith, or something to the effect, like, it has been done for you according to your faith. So in most cases, in most miracles, somebody had to release faith, say release faith. In most miracles, some type of faith, there was faith that was activated and Jesus responded to faith. But in this case, the woman did nothing. In this case, that she didn't ask Jesus for anything. In this case, she didn't fall at Jesus' feet. In this case, she didn't exhibit faith at all. She didn't speak the language of faith. She didn't make a declaration of faith. All she did was cry. All she did was hurt. All she did was be in pain. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been crying and hurting and in pain? All she did was hurt. All she did was cry. All she did was weep. All she did was emote. And Jesus did the rest. This miracle was an act of compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. Not only did he have empathy, he felt what she felt. He was moved to do something about it. He, he was moved with compassion. This was a manifestation of God's grace. She did nothing. God did everything. Oh my God. Sometimes, remember, there's two aspects of God's grace. In one aspect, I do nothing and God does everything. In the other aspect, I am empowered to do all things. And so, so this is a representation of the grace of God. This is a manifestation of the grace of God. Put it in the chat. Say, God loves me so much that he will bless me by grace. Sometimes we do nothing. Sometimes we're not earning it. We're not deserving it. We're not calling out for it. We're not standing in the gap. We serve a God that would just go out of his way to bless bless us because God wants to bless us because God is good. The grace of God is amazing. The grace of God is wonderful. I thank God for his grace. I live the grace life. is the grace of God. This miracle was an act of compassion. This miracle was an act of love. This miracle was an act of grace. Jesus saw the woman. She was crying and she was hurting and his heart was broken for her. He was moved with compassion to raise the woman's son back to life. That's how much God loves us. That's how much God is dedicated to us. That's how much God will go out of his way. This reminds us that even in the midst of our grief and our sorrow, 
We serve a God who has compassion for us. We serve a God who has compassion and mercy. We serve a God who will go out of his way to bless us with an everlasting love. We serve a God that will track us down. We serve a God that will pursue us. The 23rd Psalm says, surely goodness and mercy. Look, I look over this show, there's goodness. I look over this show, there's mercy. Goodness and mercy are following us, pursuing us, tracking us down all the days of our lives. We serve a God that loves us so much that he will go out of his way to bless us because he's a God of compassion. Say amen to that. Ooh, that was good. That was good. All right, number two, God wants to us to intercede for other people. God wants us to intercede for others. Let's talk about intercession for a minute. God wants us to intercede for other people. While the woman did not release her faith, Jesus was the intercessor. Jesus released his faith for her. Jesus stood in the gap. Jesus became the intercessor for the woman between her situation and heaven. So this reminds us of the power of intercession. This reminds us, come on, all the prayer warriors that are on the, oh, that are watching right now, like, like put in the chat, say, I'm an intercessor. All the prayer warriors, you know what I'm talking about. I'm about to teach for the people who don't know what intercession is. I'm about to explain what it is. Intersection, uh, intercession refers to the act of praying on the behalf of someone else. Well, you're not praying for you. You're standing in the gap for somebody else. You're not praying for you. You're standing in the gap. Listen, you are intervening on someone else's behalf. You you are praying for God to show them mercy, show them grace, show them favor. You are standing in the gap. Intercession is when you are standing. I'm interceding on your behalf. You 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 may not even know that I'm praying for you. God can wake me up in the middle of the night to pray for somebody else. God can wake me up in the middle. I can't tell you how many times where something has happened, you know, people give the testimony, it's happened with me. God wake me up in the middle of the night to pray for this person, to pray for that situation. And then come to find out later on that at two o'clock in the morning, uh, uh, such and such almost got into a car accident or two o'clock in the morning, such and such did drive into a ditch, but by the grace of God, they were shielded and protected. And then somebody else in the church says, God woke me up at two o'clock in the morning to pray for you. Oh, glory. I'm saying like, God will wake you up. Jesus interceded. Not only does Jesus intercede, interceded in this case, Jesus, the Bible, says is our intercessor with God the Father. He is forever making intercession for us. We serve a God, a high priest that is in heaven right now. Look at me. Jesus is in heaven right now interceding for you, interceding for me. We serve a high priest that is interceding. He is forever making intercession for us. So when you are led by the Holy Ghost, when you're led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead you to pray for other people. I call people all the time. This just happened the other day. I call somebody say, hey man, you were on my heart. Are you okay? Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm okay. Are you okay? Because you you were on my heart, man. Nah, man. Uh, and then they tell me what's going on. Can you pray for me? Yeah, let me pray for you. Let me, why? Because God put you on my heart. I'm interceding. Let me let me make sure you're okay. And then I pray with the person. And then later on, that person texts me and said, man, God is so awesome. God loves me so much that he put me on your heart. Listen, he wants us, the Father wants us to be so sensitive to the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit that we know when he places somebody on our heart, when he places somebody on our heart for us to pray for them, intercede for them. Oftentimes, sometimes I call them if God leads me to call them. But most of the time, when God puts somebody on my heart, I just say a a quick prayer. Lord, I don't know what's going on in their life, but let me just stand in the gap. Let's just pray over them. Pray. I plead the blood. I command angel, whatever it is. 
You stand in the gap. You're praying for them. Why? Because we're led by the Holy Spirit to pray. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. He saw the woman. She didn't ask for it. She didn't pray for it. She didn't believe for it. She didn't decree. She didn't fall on her knees. She didn't worship. She did nothing. Jesus did everything. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to intercede. Hold on for a minute, everybody. Stop. Hey, boy, get up. And he interceded and boom, and he restored the boy to his mama. Number three, ooh, glory to God. It is important to be led by the Holy Spirit. Put this in the chat. Say, I am led by the Holy Spirit. It is important to be led by the Holy Spirit in all things. It is important to be led by the Holy Spirit at all times. Jesus went around doing whatever the Holy Spirit led him to do. In this case, he was led by the Holy Spirit to stop a funeral procession and raise the young man back to life. The miracle took place because Jesus listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Put this in the chat. Say, say, watch this. Say, um, I am God's sheep and I hear his voice. The text says, Jesus said in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So we are leading, being led by the Holy Spirit in all things at all times. We hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of a stranger, we will not follow. When we are led by the Holy Spirit, as Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, we will be able to perform the will of the Father on this planet because the Holy Spirit will lead us to do whatever the Father wants done within our sphere of influence. Listen, look at me. Right now, today's Tuesday morning. This week, there are things that God wants to do within your sphere of influence, within your company, your business, you know, your coworkers, uh, within your sphere of influence, within the people that you know, your family, your extended family, within your sphere of influence, there are some things that God wants to do within your sphere of influence. And God is looking for someone on the earth to agree with him in heaven. And so God is, uh, raise your hand, say, that's me, that's me. God is looking for someone on the earth to agree with his kingdom plans and purposes so that his will can be done where? On earth, how? As it is in heaven. And so what he is looking for, he is looking for faith on the earth. God is looking for for humans on this planet to agree, to touch and agree, to bind whatever's bound in heaven, to loose whatever's loose in heaven. And so we, he is looking for us to release his influence, his kingdom influence on this planet. But we have to have the faith to be sensitive to the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit. Then we have to have the, the faith to attempt whatever God tells us to attempt. Now, put yourself in Jesus' shoes for a minute. Jesus stopped a funeral procession. Put yourself in Jesus' shoes for a minute. Jesus stopped a funeral procession <laughs> to raise the boy back to life. What if God told you to do something like that? Would you have the faith to try it? Would you have the faith to attempt it? Or would you be too afraid of failure? I remember, uh, uh, I, I'm around people that believe God, y'all. I've been in funerals where we attempted to raise people from the dead. Like, I mean, okay, it didn't happen, but, but, but at least we try. Open up that casket in the name of, like, you know what I'm saying? And people are like, oh, these people are crazy. Like, yeah, so if you're led, if you feel like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're led, you, God will lead you to do some stuff at the risk of looking foolish. God will lead you to do some stuff that people think, goo, 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 like, you crazy. But look, you can't be moved. The fear of failure, the fear of failure and the fear of what other people are going to say has caused many believers to not dream on God's level. It has caused many believers to miss out on God's best because you're worrying about what people are going to say. You're worrying about, listen, you can't worry about people. You have to do whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Whatever it is that he leads you to do, whatever he leads you to pray, whatever he leads you to say, you have to have the faith to attempt it. Say amen to that. You got it? All right, number five, last point for today. God has the power of the resurrection. 
God has the power of the resurrection. Put this in the chat like the Apostle Paul said. Put it in the chat. I want to know God in the power of the resurrection. God has the power of the resurrection. Many of us read about this miracle today, the widow in Nain, and I just read it to you from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. I read it, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, I know this miracle. Yeah, I know this, the widow in Nain. I got it. But you're, I'm reading it, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, you're giving mental assent. Like it's not a big deal. Doggone it, this is a big deal. Like, I mean, for you to stop a funeral procession and say, hey, hold on for a minute. Hey, boy, get up. And the joker right in the funeral, in the casket, pop up. Hey, how y'all doing? Like, you know, oh, that's a big deal. Like, the power of the resurrection is a big deal. Like, they were on their way to the cemetery. That's a big deal. Listen, it was a big deal back then, and it's a big deal for us today. Those of us who are born again, who are fully persuaded that we're going to go to heaven, if you know that you're going to go to heaven, put that in the chat. Say, I'm going to heaven. If you're born again and you know that you're going to heaven, you're already saved. You're born again. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to heaven because you're saved in Jesus Christ, not because of you, but because of him. If you know that you're going to heaven, put in the chat, I know I'm going to heaven. But those of us who are born again and we're fully persuaded that we're going to heaven, we, 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 we're comfortable with, with the fact that the concept of the resurrection, that you know we're going to live again, like that's, that's something that we've come to grips with. But in Jesus's day, the resurrection of the dead Man, that was a major question. In Jesus' day, people were wondering, what's going to happen to me when I die? People, like the resurrection of the dead was no small thing. And so people were dealing with that, the concept of the resurrection of the dead. That's why when Jesus was saying, hey, I'm going to be like Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three nights and three days. Uh, listen, I'm going to be like this temple that's torn down, but I shall rise again. He was talking about his own resurrection and people were having a hard time understanding it. But then he came and after three nights and three days and he was raised from the dead. It's the resurrection power. The apostle Paul preached about the resurrection, the power of the resurrection. Paul said, I want to know God in the fellowship of his sufferings and in the power of the resurrection. I want to know the power of the resurrection. And listen, for you and I, we, we're talking about the power of the resurrection. We need to know that God has resurrection power. We need to know that, that for us, dying is not dying. For those of us that are born again, we are dead. Put this in the chat. Say, I am a dead man walking. I'm already dead. I am dead in Christ, and I've done all the dying that I'm going to do. I am a dead man walking. I'm already dead in Christ. So for me, dying is graduation day. I get to graduate from earth to glory, from time to eternity, from mortal to immortality. And so, so it's just moving day. When, when I stop breathing, I'm going to, like, if I have on a jacket and I take off the jacket and I walk out of the jacket, the jacket falls to the ground. One day, my spirit, who's the real me, is going to walk out of this body and this body is going to fall to the ground. But I'm still going to be alive. I shall forever be with the Lord. And if you read the end of the book, the Bible says one day I'm going to get a new body and there's going to be a new Jerusalem and there's going to be a new earth. Come on now. And I will forever be with the Lord. We have to preach the power of the resurrection. Say amen to that. Last thing, number six, as I close, Jesus has authority over all things. Jesus has authority over all things. When Jesus raised this woman's son from the dead, people were amazed and they were like, who is this man? He has authority. And we don't see people operate with this type of authority. And so, so Jesus didn't just preach the gospel with empty words. He operated with demonstration and power. Jesus has all power, all authority, all power, all authority in heaven, in the earth, and under the earth has been given unto Jesus. And Jesus has given us that power 
and authority. Let me just tell you this as I release you. This message is a reminder that our God is a good God. Put, put in the chat, God is good. Our God is a good God. He wants to heal our hurt, heal our pain, restore us from brokenness, and restore our joy. This is a season of restoration. This is a season of refreshing for us. So God wants to refresh you and restore you physically, emotionally, spiritually. No matter what you're going through this morning, put your heart in his hands and God will breathe on it. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and, and declare this like a trumpet. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. You love me with unconditional love. Oof. You have compassion for me when I'm hurting and in despair. You go out of your way to bless me and to meet me where I am. You restore me to a place of love, and then you use me to intercede for other people. You lead me to be a blessing to others, and you hear my prayers when I'm praying for them. You help me to wipe away my tears and to dispel my fears, and you then empower me to do the same for other people. So thank you, Father, for being so good. It is because of your goodness that I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. Put in the chat, my God intercedes for me. Listen. If you're not getting my notes, you get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Our God intercedes for us. I need you to do me a favor. Two things. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Just leave me a quick comment. I like to read that. Number two, share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Man, I'm enjoying this series on the miracles. I hope that you are as well. This series on the miracles is such a blessing. We are, it's like our faith is being reignited so we can believe again. You got it? No dry areas for me. I love you. God loves you too. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.